One, two, one, two. Back check. One, two, one, two. Time I play podcast with Slayman. I hope your network is okay that side. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, when I when I when I click the record button, it's telling me make sure your friends have got a strong connection before you start recording. Mm. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, go ahead. How have you been? Yeah, man. Long week. Terrible, terrible time, but it's all good, man. I thought I'll just dedicate this podcast to my late sister. Yeah, my condolences about that. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Yeah, we we got through it. We got through it. Then these health people had to rush everything through and so many permits you have to get before you can do anything. It's good. It's bad and it's good, if you know Mm. what I mean. It's bad in the sense that, you know, as Africans, we, 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 we take our time when it comes to funerals. You want the whole family to be there. Yeah. It be a big, uh, what you know, uh, gathering. But that's expensive. Unfortunately, yes. It becomes expensive and it's, 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 it's quite heavy, especially on the bereaved family because... They've lost the lost ones. And sometimes, especially if it's if it's a breadwinner who's passed away, and you get millions of people at the funeral, you have to feed them. And at some time, you have to give them transport money to go back wherever they came from. Come on, man. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I never really understood that. Oh, man. I, I, I hope from now going forward, this mm. is probably this is how funerals will be just a short two days after the burial. Boom, bye, see ya. Because there's no need for people to linger around for three weeks. Yeah, that's true. Because then those that traveled, say, from the outskirts, like in Zambia, for example, the rural areas, they don't, they're not, they're in no rush to go anywhere. Then you've got those no. crazy uncles and, and, you know, who want to share up everything before they go. Just cause havoc. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I went through people out of the funeral. The mm-hmm. the, the, the better for the for the for the people at loss. I went through um, the process when my elder brother died, and yeah. everyone kind of like okay, the, the procession took forever. But then towards like three weeks, four weeks later, you know, you put this one. Everyone is leaving like every other day. A couple go every other day. A couple go. And then some stay, and then the older ones, and then you keep respecting them. So you always prepare the food, and you know they're always yeah. in this like kind of quiet, solemn m- mood. And yeah, during the day they kind of light up a little bit, and then you lose a bit of alcohol. And then as the evening wanes, you know, it's all this quiet. And then like everyone is sleeping everywhere in the living room or the patio and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. and every time I said, look, you guys, it's been awesome. I gotta go. They're like, no, no, no. There's there's this process that you have to do, so you can't go anywhere. You know, it took a couple of days, and then I was like, okay, cool. Because like, we were personally, I was new to the whole thing, so I was okay. like, yeah, let's hang out. Let's you know, let's chill. And then it got to the part where now everyone had to sit after several several days sharing everything. So they put the wife and the kids in the center of this living room. And then the brothers and the sisters ourselves, you know, we sit in this. It's like the dynamics change. Like, you know, in the beginning of the funeral, it was all about the dead guy and his family and support yeah. for the family. 
And then towards the end, the power shifts to the family. You know what I mean? Like the brothers and sisters yeah. and the surviving parents of the, the dead child. And then the victims become the family of the deceased, the bereaved family. And all of a sudden, they're taking all their stuff and they're sharing their children. And, and in the whole yeah. thing, this woman is sitting in the middle of the living room and has absolutely no say whatsoever. And they're just distributing everything. You everything. know, it's things that these people had don't even know how your brother acquired, acquired all those stuff that he had. More than likely, half the stuff, it wasn't even my brother's stuff, you know? I mean, it's not like he was staying on his own. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that weirded me out. I didn't pick anything. I just thought it was, you know, kind of weird how you share clothes and fridge and the mattress. Like, the mattress goes to one person, the bed goes to the other person, the bed is... But, I mean... And the uh, people who get some of this stuff are people who don't even need it. No. It's just greed at the end of the day. I mean, I remember this was a, this was a funny story. I remember um, when my mom's young, my uncle passed away, my mom's younger brother. Yeah. And it was one of where he was like our age mates. Mm-hmm. So I remember this very well because we, I had a pair of um, Timberland boots, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he liked them. He was like, I'll I like your boots. Then he had a pair of uh, 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 sleep-on, some moccasins that I liked. So I was like, let's trade. We used to trade, you know, us guys. So I was like, all right, here's your Timberland boots. I'll get the moccasin. Done. So he used to wear all these Timberland boots, whatever, whatever, whatever. When he passed away, one of my cousins came from, I don't know, God know where. And he, this guy, I, I liked him for one thing because he made his, he made his intentions clear. He just, and I'm and, I, and I'm not kidding. He just walked into the funeral house. Yeah. Sat for a short while and said, "Me, I'm not here for any bullshit. I'm just here for the remaining assets." That's the first thing he said in the funeral. Oh my god. <laughs> Even took off, went to drink beers. He came back at night. Was just like me. I'm not gonna bother anyone. Talk to me on the actual day. I just want to know my uncle's remaining assets. Yeah. So that ceremony that we're talking about now came over after the barrier and all that. And he, in his mind, he even told us like, "I just want that Timberland boot. I've wow. got that Timberland, the one my uncle used to have." Mm. I was just like, "Whatever." And I said, "Dude, well, you better make your intentions because this." Oh, all these older people, my uncles, they are all thinking the same. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And these village people, this guy say, no, I mean, this boot, uh, when I go to the village, I'll be using it in the garden. Yeah. Anyway, it's a Timberland. <laughs> this is what happened. As soon as they put the clothes in the middle, they were about to share, my cousin just jumped and said, hey, these boots are mine. Took them and he put them on the side. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm. and the guy was, Pissed off. They tried to tell him, no, that's not how you do it. It's like, I don't give a shit. Shut up. He even took off. So he went drinking, came back, put the boots aside, tried them on. Guess what? They were small. Hey. <laughs> it was a small size. Ah, oh, he was touched. I just told him, dude, my uncle just came to slap you from the grave. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, that, I think the whole funeral concept needs to change, especially in the African context. It becomes expensive and we, we, it doesn't help the family at loss, you know what I mean? Because you put a huge, on top of them, spending all the money on the funeral and all that, the, the, the coffin, the casket, the, 
there, there are so many bills that go through, like on my sister's funeral. It was just me, my brothers, and all that. We had to put up some money. Mm. Very people, you know, but no, very few people were like, oh, you know, I'll do this, I'll do that. If you don't come up with the money yourselves, and then we had to buy food to feed all these people. So they basically just came there to lodge. Wow. Anyway. Wow. Enough of that's a podcast for another day because we probably need a, a traditional person to come and help explain the whole thing. I know how it goes, but I've always thought Afri- funerals in an African context need to change. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it borders on shocking. And then the, that shock factor kind of, because like imagine the kids were sitting there experiencing all this nonsense. Then when for the first time, yeah, and then when they when they grow up and one of their brothers and or sisters dies, they, the same thing happens again. And then the other one, you know, like generation yeah. after generation, it's like this. Yeah, huge... man, I experienced this way back when my father passed, first passed away. I experienced the evil that relative can be, the way they just changed up on my mom. Mm. People who used to the house have dinner, they'll spend weekends. That day they just switched up, boom. And you're there watching all these people talking crazy, and you're like, "What?" That's you know? that's the thing, eh? That's 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 the craziest part of it because throughout their life, it is as though they are crouching tigers. They're just waiting and help. You know, like the the only reason why they visit you whilst you're away alive is so they can monitor your wealth. And then as soon as you're dead, they they know exactly what they want. They know how they're gonna get it it's after your death. You know, and some, some, sometimes it's these people who, you know, those who contribute too much. Eh? They just they buy the coffee and they do this, they buy that. Hey, be very careful with those ones. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is, uh, rarely do they know how this person acquired their wealth. Yeah. It could be, could be stolen money. Mm. It could have been killing people. You know, you just come and start grabbing a person stuff. You don't know what means and methods that person used to acquire all this stuff that he has in his house. Could be a, could have been a drug dealer, or you or, know, or an organ harvester. You know, ritual killing. Like those, those, yeah. those zap officers ritual who killing, were recently exactly. sentenced to death. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. So anyway, uh, DMX passed away. Finally. Yeah, man. It's it's been it's been bad. Yeah, he's been through it. Um, I have a different position on the whole DMX story, but by all means, go ahead, start. What's your well, I brought in the DMX story because I want us to chat about social tributes. Um, all right. Our dear friend, Mwanawasa, Levi Mwanawasa, keeps putting on his status since the passing of DMX, saying one week straight of DMX music. So every single day, every existing <laughs> DMX playlist on Spotify and Apple Music, whatever, he's playing that every day for seven days. Yeah, he's a fan, the true fan. Is he? Because I've known him for years and I've never once, I mean, we've been in his car, we've had birthday parties together, you know, photo shoots and all that stuff. Never once has he ever played DMX in my presence. I don't know. I think for most, you see, the, 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 the thing with social media, it's, it's a ship mentality. And I don't mean ship as in a ship on water. I mean as ship the animal. People, yeah. Most people, I've seen people who I personally know don't know shit about hip-hop. Mm. 
and they're just like because everyone else is saying, Oh, RAP DMX, RAP DMX. A person you are not even close to, you don't even know his life. Yeah. People, so it, 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 I see it all the time, even when there's, I know sometimes you feel compassion and all that, but you can't be sorry for everything that happens. No. Prince Philip, nobody, we don't even know who that dude is. People are already saying, RIP Prince Philip. Come on, what did he do for you? Mm, nothing, actually. Old cranky man. He was 99 years old and people are saying, oh, gone too soon. Gone too soon. <laughs> the dude lived full lives, man. Full lives. 99, 50 years full life, you know. Gone too soon, that's funny. No, those, now those are social media tributes because people... I've got nothing to post on their timelines. So now it's just DMX, Prince Philip, DMX, Prince Philip. And it's, I don't know, man. Social media is, is a, something else. I grew up in the DMX era. I was grade nine, you know. Um, you're under pressure to, to, to belong to some kind of clique. They're the cool boys yeah. who's, who are doing, you know, like there were those camps with uh, Snoop Dogg and Def Jam Records, whatever. Those other guys that side and Doggy Dog and Dog Pound Records. And then there was Rough Riders that came up and they were on all these dirt bikes and quad bikes. Actually, yeah. those of us who actually I were true you, um, DMX connoisseurs. Go ahead. Sorry? I said, I think you'd be a, a, a DMX fan because you're dealing bikes. Well, this is where I'm going with this, right? Because when you watch the Rough Riders and the, back in the day when they were just coming out on MTV or Bob TV in Africa, you know. Channel off. It was like, what? This lifestyle. I mean, these guys were doing wheelies on these super fast, you know, triple turbo uh, quad bikes and just living this this bike life and stuff. I mean, what, 15 years later, I actually have the Monaco bike life. Like that's actually a product of one of my businesses. So for those who want to post and say stuff about DMX and whatever, I have this to say. Um, for, for In the time when we were growing up and needed some kind of identity, when Rough Riders was coming up and the Rough Riders anthem and, and all of that stuff, it has carried on yeah. uh, subliminally to this day when we are, you know, in another country, another region of the world, and we are literally <laughs> rough riders, if you know what I'm saying. Like, we have quad bikes, <laughs> yeah. bikes. Like, we've actually built a whole business around that, that brand identity. So I, I really, really loved that guy, to be honest, back then when I was younger. I really did. I thought he had a, a, a unique style. You know how he used to bark during raps and stuff, you know? Yeah, um, and that was yeah. his, his identity. But, but very big but. When mm. um, after the Tupac Biggie thing happened, you know, like the the attention kind of went a bit more to the DMX and the Rough Riders and all that stuff, their, their logo, their brand and stuff. Um, yeah, I got I, there's this documentary I watched when they talked about you know like a bit more detail about his scandals, his drug abuse, his female abuse and stuff like that um, and being mm. arrested because now this, this guy who represented the ultimate cool, you know, the dark side of the ultimate cool was the word necromancy. Once necromancy was mentioned, ah, that just, that threw me off and, and I've never been 
a fan since. So for those, for the sake of the podcast, necromancy is where is is a type of magic where you use um, dead souls, dead energy. So you call up the space of dead people. Part of the ritual for necromancy is sleeping with the corpse. So, go ahead. I remember um, there was a lot of controversy when his album. Uh, it's dark and hell. Is I hot. hope I got this right. No, I know it's dark and hell. Flesh of my flesh, yes, blood of my that's blood. The one. Yes, and yes. He's, he's in a tub of blood. Yes. Which I did research. It was pig blood, but anyway, it looked like he was in a tub of human well, blood. The, the 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 symbolicism of it, right? It's actually symbolic of human blood. Though they will tell those who are too soft to say it's pig blood, but. No, no, no. Uh, when in, in acting, mm. the closest to human blood is pig blood. In acting, they actually use pig blood. Yeah. If you can get it, or you can actually recreate, you can create fake blood. But so in, in old movies, they used to use pig blood because it's the closest looking to human mm. blood. The, the consistency you can't use the color. Yeah. Blood. So they used pig's blood mixed with the, you, know, you can actually use uh, corn starch mm-hmm. mixed with a bit of uh, food color you can make close to human blood yeah mm. yeah so he had in 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 um in that album the flesh of my flesh and blood of my blood a number of songs had that same thing i got you know one of them was i break into a morgue and i go and sleep with a dead body or the sleep with the same with tupac tupac also also <clears throat> excuse me had lyrics in there talking about necromancy and so mm. by definition DMX was a necromancer. He was an, he he was using like part of like the dark side of it, right? The the the, the night, the midnight yeah. thing, is that part of the, yeah. the popularity, the black magic he was using to be popular to have like because these guys. This is another podcast topic, but these guys and they 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 evoke demons, and then these demons at certain hours yeah. give them the lyrics. They give the, the producer the power to do certain beats in a certain way. You know, like all that talent. You have talent, but then they amplify your latent talent. I wish I had my laptop with me because there's a song. You remember the song? Is it Damien? Yes, Damien. Oh, what? that was horrible. Like he's talking to a... They, it looked like he's talking to a devil. Yeah, demon. Yeah. Demon. But he said, no, that was like his alter ego. Funny thing is, actually, later on in life, he refused. He stopped playing that song and he stopped that character when he became more religious because he changed at one time he became a pastor well this is the thing though. isn't it too late you know it's never too late well oh, too man late. come on it, it's, it sounds to me let's see if I can is, is that audio clear let me reduce the bass yeah Let's get to the part where the demon the demon is. Yeah, that's the that's the that's part. the song. Yeah, I mean, so so imagine this, right? This is the thing with with people who say, "Oh, you know, there's always time," like what you just said. I think the whole thing is planned, right? So that you, in the beginning, you're innocent, you're just striving to be rich, you just, you know, you're, you're tired of the ghetto and the drugs and the guns and everything. You get into music, 
you bring out your talent and then you get popular and you get really popular, right? But then the point is for you to become popular. The point is not you coming out of the ghetto. The point is you become so popular, you get a following that then you do what they actually want. So what they want is you to use your following for their message. So this whole Damien, I mean, it's the same with, um, with Beyonce and Sasha, right? Her alter ego. Mm. Michael Jackson had an mm. alter ego. Everyone kind of has an alter ego. And, and then so you're communicating with your dark side uh, twin, like your doppelganger. So the doppelganger gives you the extra power here in, of influence and so on. And every time you go to a public, um, when you go to a public appearance or a concert or something, you must pay tribute to your doppelganger. You know what? I was chatting to a friend of mine back home recently, yeah. last week or somewhere there. Uh-huh. There used to be a former classmate of mine. Uh-huh. This dude was a simple dude, dumb kid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say stupid kid, but just a dumb kid used to hang around with us. I won't mention his name. But my friend was telling me, and I, I haven't heard about this guy for years. So this friend was telling me that this dude was like slim. This dude acquired so much wealth in sh- such a short space of time. He had blocks of flats in Osaka. He had units on the Copper Belt. When he died, he left like 10 cars. Mm. And my friend was telling me, he was like, oh, Slim, you wouldn't know that guy. Remember how dull he was and all that. All of a sudden, he just, I, I, I don't know where he went for a visit, came back mm-hmm. with the brand new car. I just started getting rich and richer and richer and richer. But then when he was getting richer, his, his relatives kept on knocking off. Exactly. His mom. His dad passed away. And then his brother, I think, he was about to die. And then I don't know if his brother was a religious dude. He went and prayed over it. And the pastor told him, no, 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 your brother is the one who's knocking your family out. So the brother, I don't know what the brother did. And this guy, shit just started, things started going bad, man. He was wanted by the police. He was, like, sleeping with young kids, sleeping with young girls. Well, it was all... Sleep, the sleeping with young girls and all that stuff, that was what... Um, is the foundation for his wealth at the time. And then when, when that power begins to wane, that's when those things start coming out. So it's not like he started that after he was waning, after the, the downfall. No, it was actually no, the beginning was... of the of the incline. Mm. Some deep shit. Um, um, some of this, like sex magic, right? If you If you study sex magic and how it works, um, you notice how these, like, like Ricky Martin and um, Somizi. Somizi is a good example. Somizi started early. He really tried. He didn't got a daughter and stuff like that, but he struggled. He reached, he reached a glass ceiling. But to break that glass ceiling, he because had to engage into this anal. Yeah. Sorry? He's not talented. There's no talent well, there. You know. No. Uh, it's just that whole stupid persona that he's put on, and people just put him up there. That what's what 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 is he talented about? He he just he he just one of these people who tried to be controversial, Simon Cowell type, so that he's not talented. Even before he got to the Simon Cowell levels, like with idols, essay, and all that stuff, um, it, it you struggle, you struggle. Sometimes, if you don't know what you're getting into, you know there's this thing called the Faustian Agreement. I think I just but- butchered that term. But this is where you sign the deal to the devil. You know, the Faustian, what do they call that? Anyway, so you, 
you reach a point where you're desperate enough to do anything for the fame, and then you 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 kind of you know surrender your soul in exchange for worldly fame, and then they say, oh, here's what you should do. I mean, there's this thing called as above, so below. There's so many you know like um, laws that govern this reality we live in. One of them is as above, so below, and it came from the Hermes readings and all that stuff. Another topic for another day. But what that means is there are certain things that happen in the spirit in order for them to happen in the physical and the other way around. However, so yeah, if, if you want something, if you want to manifest something or you want to experience something in your life, there's certain things that you must do. And when you do them, you kind of, you know, you, 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 you perform this ritual. And then as a result of the ritual, you get this thing that you want. But that's the shortcut of yeah. your, it's not like it's impossible unless you do that. The doing of that is just, it's, it's, it's a shortcut. Yeah, it's a shortcut. And, 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 there, and that's what I'm saying. The reason why you do that is because you don't have a talent. Yeah, that's true. If yeah, you've got a talent, yeah. Yeah, your talent will do it for you. It will take you there. You just have to perfect your craft. Now, people without a talent, they use a shortcut. And then it looks like, oh, he's a talented, but he's just putting on a... a, a uh, it's just the blind, it is, you know, it's just putting on a screen for you people. Sharp people can tell that. Well, for me, I, he, the, the, that dude has, I don't know, I don't, I don't see what people, I don't see, I don't see it, unfortunately. People say, oh, is, is this, oh, he's funny. When I watch, I, I, I can't see it. You're, I, you're, I, I, you're looking at me. it. Because I have, I actually like Sumizi, to be honest. Because now that I understand what he had to go through in order to be with, like the, the, another thing, there's this thing called the wicked man sacrifice, by the way, which is why him and Mohali are divorcing and stuff. It's the ultimate. See what you're doing anyway. Long story. That's another story for another day. But you have well, to for suffer. Me, what you I have mean, to suffer. I, every... I, I've got nothing against mm. him, but I don't see the talent. Listen, if there's, uh, if you put DJ Clear and Sumizi. I'll say, all right, Cleo is talented. Yeah, for sure. Can produce, can sing, can dance, can whatever, whatever, whatever. So maybe I just don't know. I can't see. I don't know. Where, some, it's like someone has just trashed him on TV because some of these TV people also, they, they, they'll force somebody onto you until you like him. Yeah. It's like, honestly, I don't find Kevin Hart funny. I don't see his humor. It's a, I've it's, tried. It's, it's not, I mean, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock. And Chris Tucker, these three put them together. Seriously, like zero humor. They just—they're loud. Chris they Tucker, they're annoying. Chris Tucker. But in Chris Tucker is okay. In, in marketing, but can, in marketing, there's this thing I, that we do. This is this is the, the foundation of digital marketing. There's this concept yeah. known as what is focal is seen as causal. What is focal is seen as causal. So if you focus on something, you then attribute that thing to the cause of something else. So. If you if you you feel like for you to like Somizi or Chris Tucker or Chris Rock, you must see them enough time. If you see them enough times, you begin to like them. Yeah. Exactly. That's what they did with, with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart has just got the machine behind him. He's not the most popular comedian out there. I, I know people who are fine. Yeah. Who can say one line and the whole crowd is laughing, but like they Trevor don't have Noah. that support. Like Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah is naturally funny. You know, but uh, uh, Kevin Hart has got the big machine support, the big budget, all these, yeah. all these, he dances for them, they like it. You know, got these big corporations, they can manipulate him. They can manipulate a person like, for example, 
uh, Eddie Griffith. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dave the, Chappelle, they tried that with him as well and he just, he bailed. And they tried Dave Chappelle, he walked away. Yeah. Eddie has got a brilliant, you should check out his, uh, he's got like uh, a YouTube channel where he he talks about a few, uh, that's real life situations. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. There's one where I watched, he was talking about one plus one. You know how people say one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. He explained, say one plus one is equals three because plus is a digit. Mm. The sign plus is a You add one plus the sign plus one, it's three. You've got three objects there. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he explains it. He says plus is is a symbol. It's got plus has got value. Yeah, it's an additional value, life. a positive additional value. And he says and he says there's a difference between mathematics and arithmetic. Mathematics, he explains how it, the Egyptians were using mathematics way back, mm-hmm. and then the white people stole it and they tried to change to arithmetic. Yeah. But brilliant. Just check out his YouTube channel. It's brilliant. Um, brilliant I, stuff. I, 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 I came across all that information without having to so what the the, the the equation of one plus one equals three. Um this this segues into a topic we'll discuss for potentially later on, which is the self-help industry, the billion-dollar self-help industry. Let's let, let's get into that one. I was I was I was getting because it ties up to what we're saying now. Because some of these people, they are also like comedians are motiv- I, I'm slowly I cross between motivational speaking because if you look at Dave Chappelle's comedy, it's more motivational speaking than comedy. Yeah, which which is pretty much okay. So. As we, as we kind of transition to the next topic, the thing is called a Faustian contract, which is, which is the part where you make a deal with the devil and then you trade your soul for fame and all that stuff. Anyway, so I just thought I'd clarify that. Um, and now as we're transitioning to this billion-dollar you know, guru, self-help industry and so on, it's something that I, I have a, a personal attachment to. And You want to be a self-help guru? I am. <laughs> I, I am, I am right. a self-taught it, I didn't buy a course I bought a couple later on because of a certain principle behind it like if you want people to buy from you you start the ball rolling by you buying from them um, Yeah, there's actually this thing on YouTube called the, the Moses Code it, listeners write that down Moses of um, from Egypt right the guy who had to go and get lost in the desert forever for 40 years, which is like a 40-day yeah. trip. The Moses Code is an interesting concept, and, and I've lived by it since I've learned it. Of course, we kind of do this anyway, but then when you kind of put a definition to it, it makes a bit more sense. So the Moses Code is where the comma, you know? So it is. So after Moses gets into this place and then the spirit tells him, hey, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground, there's a burning bush and all that jazz which I think he was on mushrooms or something. By the way, mana means mushroom, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. So, yeah, yeah. We used to have mana by my house way back in, 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 the, uh, in on the Copper yeah, Belt. There you go. So, he used to grow. He's high, on, it's a mush- he's high on mushrooms and then he's, you know, hallucinating. With- <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah. Yeah, I know I'm going to offend a couple of people. Anywho, so he takes off his shoes and then he approaches this burning bush which has a voice and this voice gives him a set of instructions. And then at, that that burning bush was weed. Well, yeah, I, I could easily agree with that. Easily agree with it. But let's let's do the story. 
So he, he, he listens, he's told, he's given a set of instructions. And then, by the way, that's a ritual, but that's another story again. So he, he listens, he's told. And then because at this point he's a stutterer, you know, he's half gay or something. And he's like a weakling and all that jazz. And then uh, he says, wait, but then, okay, I'm going to do this whole pharaoh thing. That's great. But who do I say sent me? And then the burning bush says, I am that I am. So the Moses code here is the comma. I am, comma, that I am. So um, where, where that comes in is that everything that you see, I am, you know. So water, I am, I am water, I am that, you know, I am that. Uh, air, I am that. Wind, I am that. Water, I am that. Everything, it's like a fish in water. Does a fish know that it's in water? It's been born, raised, and probably die until it gets the hook anyway, if it survives the hook. You know, it's, it, 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 it knows its existence synonymous to water. So anything within this water thing is where the fish exists, right? So you yeah. cannot exist outside of God. He's, God is everything. He's all-encompassing. He's, he's the rock on the road. He is the drop of petrol in your car. He is the plastic on your card. He's the RDF chip when you go and tap and pay. He's, he's like, there's nothing that can exist outside of God. So I am that. I am. So the Moses code is the fact that everything that you, if you go before the Pharaoh, you say the one who sent me is the one who exists, like who, who supplies your existence. The very thing that helps you breathe in the morning, wake up and taste food, go to the toilet, the thing that helps you enjoy sex, everything, that's what sent me. So that's basically the Moses code. And if you go deeper okay. into it a little bit, you will find that if you want to experience hotel stays and you want to start like the domino effect or the butterfly effect, if you want to start the process of, of having expensive hotel stays, you start the ball rolling by giving someone else a hotel stay. And then because you've initiated that thing, it then comes, you know how the Bible says, press down, shake it together and running over. So... If, mm. which, is, which is, you know, be good to others, you know, and they'll be good to you kind of thing. So positive, yeah, karma. So you build that karma by starting the process. So if you want to experience something, you start by doing it to someone else. Let someone else experience it and someone else, and then there's a ripple effect. So the more people that experience it, the, the more pressed down, shaken together, and all running over comes back to you. And, and those are some of the principles that you find in the self-help industry for me the self-help industry it's a simple concept mm -hmm. there's no way somebody can sell you a secret to wealth no someone tells you i'm gonna teach you how to create wealth give me 70 bucks that's where it ends for me yes if that guy charges a hundred people 70 dollars he's richer than you yes those? That's where it ends for me. Even all these people who sell, sell this book, I know one of my cousins is obsessed with rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. That guy has sold millions of dollars. His success is not that he knows how to create wealth. No. His success is he managed to sell you a book. He's not rich because of what he says in the book. He's rich because that book is selling. That book sold one million copies at 20 bucks each. He's okay, rich. So whatever he says that's inside mm. that book is bullshit. All those principles are bullshit. Okay, so I agree and I disagree. 
I agree on one basis, the fact that what he's selling is what worked for him. Not, it's sort of one size fits all. It is what worked for you. And then because it worked you, for you, you try and say, hey, listen, this worked for me, this could work for you. That's, that's the part where I agree with you. But where I disagree with you is on this short point. If you go and buy a loaf, there are like five different loaves of bread in any given shop, right? You know, farmer's market or, or pick and pay or Melissa or, or Coles or Woolworths, right? Or Costco. There is loaves of bread in yeah. all of these places. However, the reason why you go back there to buy that loaf of bread is because in your head, that's a delicious loaf of bread. So if, 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 if you get this bread and it's this sour bread and it's horrible and you don't like it, you will never go back to it, which then means that sour bread will not be a popular bread or it won't survive, say, the 1800s when they created it. So there's value yeah, in the so sour bread. That's why that sour bread has existed to this point, which then means Rich dad, poor dad is bullshit, by the way, but there's some, there are some gold nuggets in there that people continuously recommend and buy it for. Yeah, I, listen, yeah, but I'm saying mm. he tells you how to make money in, in that book, but his money doesn't come from what he's telling you. It comes from him selling the book. Most of the money he's made is from yes. the book sales, yeah. not from the concepts in the yeah. book. He's made more from selling that book than the concept. If he can teach people how to sell instructional manual, yeah. then they could write instruction. How, if I met that guy, I'd like to ask him, tell me how you wrote this book so I can write my own book and sell it the way you're selling these books. That's where I'm, I'm coming from. Yes, I, I totally get what, what you mean. I do. Um, th there's this thing where, that's also I said in the beginning, it's a one-size-fits-all and that's wrong. Because it worked for him, and, that and, doesn't and, mean it should not, work for everyone else. People book are going to be successful. No, by no means. Well, no. you see, the thing with the, the qualms I have. So I, I started my journey with the personal development. I am a guru, by the way. I just don't portray myself as one. And I can justify my... I'm a Zen man. Well, I... I have oh. spent thousands of hours researching this. And this is, this is my strength, Slim. I didn't buy a course from yeah. Tihav Ecker or any of these other gurus, Jordan Maxwell or... No, it's actually John Maxwell or um, Jim Rohn or Anthony, whatever. None of these guys, Tony Robbins or what? No, zero. I didn't actually go buy courses or attend their seminars, zero. But I did it the long way around. And... We're talking 70, 80 personal development books that you have to read, understand. Um, okay. And then okay. the reason Listen, why... This, Go ahead. This is a big topic, but I think we're running out of time. We can wrap up, but we can continue. Well, let's have... A, uh, you, we start uh -huh. this. We'll start on Wednesday or Friday. It will be specifically about yeah. this. I think we should have started with this. Then we'd have had more time to get over it. We can do a part two because now you're like 46 seconds away from the 40-minute mark. So we'll do this, then we'll do a part two because... All right, uh, let's do this. Um, this is part one. We're going to start part two shortly and then you can break I'll it break down. It, but I will, I will don't summarize it nicely because it took me years to get to this point. I'll summarize it very, very succinctly. Okay. All right.